Welcome to Come Talk Health Radio. My goal here is to have conversations with anyone curious about health from a holistic viewpoint. Holistic by definition includes everything. So from a holistic point of view, there is nothing that does not impact your health. Although many, many things will have very, very small impact. I am happy to go down whatever rabbit hole fascinates you, but at some point I will bring our conversations back to the issues that make the... Welcome to Come Talk Health Radio. My goal here is to have conversations with anyone curious about health from a holistic viewpoint. Holistic by definition includes everything, so from a holistic point of view, there is nothing that does not impact your health, although many, many things will have very, very small impact. I am happy to go down whatever rabbit hole fascinates you, but at some point I will bring our conversations back to the issues that make the biggest impact. I believe we all have wisdom to share. I know you have lessons for me. And I have been told many times that if you really want to learn something, teach it. I am not a licensed health professional. I am simply your peer. I desire to be of service to any of you listening who may now be where I once was. So now is the time to call in and join the health revolution. The number is 516-531-9475. This show is live seven days a week from noon until 3 p.m. Eastern. Now here's a song by my friend Allison David from the UK off her album Believe.
see the truth Instead of seeing Just what we want to see Maybe then We could compromise And then realize All that we could be We could realize All that we could be Well, who could really be to blame When intrinsically we are the same We were born with open hearts We're just trying Welcome to another episode of Come Talk Health Radio. I am your host, Scott Kusland. It's an overcast day here in Framingham, Massachusetts on this Friday, March 20th of 2020. So before I get into uh, the topic of the day, which is dieting and obesity and you know, what does it take to to get to a, a healthy weight and why we struggle so much with that? Uh, I want to share with you uh, uh, my ex- excitement and celebration I had yesterday after, after finishing the show. I was kind of feeling on, on top of the world from my uh, days in... Rehab from alcohol, it kind of reminded me of uh, a pink cloud experience I had. Um, But anyway, I was in a celebration mood and decided that I was going to go down to my favorite vegetarian and vegan restaurant down the street and get myself a pizza. And um, so when I uh, walked in the restaurant, there was... 
all the chairs, you know, with their legs facing up on top of the tables. Because as you probably know, restaurants have been told that you can only do takeout. And um, I uh, started, you know, a little chat with the, the guy who was waiting for his food and and uh, told him how, you know, how blessed I was feeling and how excited I am for, uh, you know, the, the possibilities we have for, for growth in this, in this coming year. And he was like, well, I suppose that's a good way to, to think about it. And I was like, I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, well, really, it's the only realistic way, <laughs> but, uh, I didn't think that would be helpful in the moment. Kind of could feel the the fear vibe off the guy. And, but anyway, I would, I started talking about you know that I'd started this this show, and um, I crunched the numbers and I was figuring out like how much is it costing me to do this like per hour, and it works out to you know just under two dollars an hour to to uh, to do this. And, um, in my excitement, I told the guy that, yeah, it's like two bucks a day <laughs> uh, after I told him it was, you know, it was a 200 a month expense. And then after I, you know, left the restaurant with my pizza and was driving home, I was like, wait a minute, like that, that, that map isn't right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Like, here's a guy who's probably never going to be a <laughs> a listener now. Where I've uh, demonstrated my my uh, lack of intelligence by not being able to do some simple math. So yeah, it's about six bucks a day. Like I think it was like five dollars and fifty eight cents to to have this show, assuming that I do you know do a show every day, um, which is my intention. So anyway, I ended up um, after it was just me and the the shop owner at the counter, I, um, I was just bubbly and, you know, was telling him what I did in a little bit more detail. And he was, you know, very curious. And I, you know, first thing I asked was like, you know, how is the business? And he was like, well, we're about 20% of our normal, normal volume. And I was like, ouch. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, they're, talking about, you know, going almost another month before lifting the, the restriction. And I was like, wow, like who, you know, who among restaurant owners is going to be able to, to make it through that? Like there's going to be, if this policy doesn't change and if our fear doesn't lift, like there are going to be a tremendous amount of restaurants that are going to, you know, go under and declare bankruptcy, which, you know, money concerns and, you know, the impact on business is a pretty, pretty huge deal, you know, across the spectrum of, of the economy. But, you know, in the end, it's like, what, what power do we have? And ultimately the, the only power we have that's real is the choices that we make and, you know, what we do. 
as I know all too well, making a choice and following through on it are two very different things. Um, so anyway, uh, let's get on to the issue of diet. Uh, and you know, the, there's a few different ways to that I've thought of to approach this issue. And, you know, kind of, kind of my, uh, the core of uh, my belief system is that everything flows from our emotional state. So from, from our level of love or fear kind of is the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, the more, more afraid we are, the less, the less well we can perceive reality because of the tunnel vision effect, you know, and the, the pattern matching patching, like if you're afraid of snakes and there's a piece of rope, you know, up ahead of you, likely you're going to, your brain is going to tell you, Oh, that's a snake. So, you know, seeing snakes when there's only pieces of discarded rope is, you know, the reality of what fear does to us. So when we are, you know, more in fear than love, it's going to be extremely hard to, to find true information. That's, you know, that's even if we look at true information, we're, we're likely to, to discard it. Um, so, you know, one thing that's been a big part of my life is, is meditation and, you know, the, it's often painted as something that's extremely hard to do. And yeah, there's some truth to that, of course. Otherwise, you know, that idea would never have gone anywhere, but, um, you know, there's so many different ways to meditate. Um, and if you find yourself, you know, frustrated, you know, because it's kind of the, up, the, uh, the next step after fear is, you know, Actually, the next step after fear is an addiction to help you not feel it. And when that fails, when the uh, the method you use to not feel fear fails, you you know the next reaction is anger. Um, so being frustrated is is part of that anger spectrum. And of course, you're not you can't think clearly when you're angry either. You don't perceive the world accurately either. So you, there's got to be a way to get into a more neutral state of mind. Um, and, you know, meditation has been used for that for thousands of years. So, you know, just simply, you know, taking the proverbial 10 deep breaths um, does wonders. And um, until you've approached a more neutral state of mind, trying to learn something new is going to be, um, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? An exercise in futility. So, yeah, I mean, the ultimately, if, If emotions weren't part of the equation, 
you know, this world will be a paradise already <laughs> because, you know, we wouldn't have those fear filters and anger filters messing up our perception of what's actually true. Um, but that's not the world we live in. So, but, you know, all I can do is to be as fearless and angerless as possible and tell you what I found. So here we go. Um, There's, you know, the physical aspects of, you know, how, uh, you know, sugars are processed in the body, for example. Um, So when we think about obesity, you know, pretty much nowadays it's kind of goes hand in glove with type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Um, So it's where type 2, if if, if it's uh, foggy to you, is where your pancreas is making enough insulin, but that insulin is not um, effective at doing its job. Um, and the first thing, it, its primary purpose is to get those sugars inside of the cell so they can be transformed by your mitochondria into a usable form of energy. And if that doesn't work, then you know plan B kicks in, which is to reduce blood sugar because if your blood sugar gets too high, it's toxic and it will kill you. So to prevent blood sugar from staying high, that that sugar will get uh, escorted into fat cells. So it's like, well, why do does insulin become ineffective? Why do we have insulin resistance? So that's one way. And then the other is about, um, and usually, you know, there's every. The, the pillars of holistic thought, you know, the, the body, the mind, and the, and the heart, or the you know, body, mind, and emotion, they're all interwoven together. So, you know, I think, you know, it's helpful to, um, you know, keep it from getting overwhelmingly complicated to, to separate these, these three main areas. But Ultimately, they can't be separated. But, you know, if you're trying to teach three different things at once, then, yeah, it's not very helpful. So, you know, that the, the first basic part is why do we have insulin resistance? You know, as far as the mind and the, and the emotions are concerned, I really like to talk about those together because it's... You know, it's. I think everyone has experienced dealing with somebody in your life, and, or observed yourself trying to have a conversation when when there's fear involved, or trying to have a conversation when there's anger involved. You know, let me know if you've had a a positive experience with that, um, where you've actually had good communication happen, but. 
my personal experience been it never happens good communication just has never happened and you know it seems pretty clear to me that it it's just impossible of course as fear and anger you know get reduced more and more quality communication can happen so understanding the you know the the truths about health are dependent upon the emotional state and your emotional state is so you know tightly interwoven with do you you know what's your what's your foundational belief uh, so that's that's tricky the physical stuff you know the emotional impact is the biggest um, and generally people just want to stick to the physical which you know I, I think about how you know the I, I was one of the things I was talking to uh, the owner of Greenleaf restaurant yesterday here in Framingham the you know the impact of of fear on the immune system so it's a really good um, segue to talk about, you know, one of the common questions is like, well, isn't all this nutrition stuff, aren't, aren't these supplements, aren't they just placebo? And, um, in, you know, as I've analyzed it, I'm like, well, placebo, you know, belief that something is going to work absolutely plays a role. I mean, if you didn't think something would work, you would never try it to begin with. Um, so, like with uh, with viruses, when you take when you get a vaccination, and you have a, a firm belief in the science behind it, what happens to your emotional state? You get more calm. What happens when you get more calm? Your immune system works better because you're no longer in fight or flight. So is the vaccination really doing something in and of itself physically? Or is the effect of a vaccination purely placebo? And, you know, I think the great misunderstanding about placebo is thinking that it's something that's not very powerful. And it's hugely powerful. One of my my favorite doctors, uh, doctor of chiropractic, which many people will just be like, ah, oh, well, that's not a real doctor. But you know, he's he's looked into the science around placebo in a huge way because he wrote a book about it. So you know, that's kind of part and parcel of writing a book is you have to dig into it. And I watched a a clip that he'd done. He talked about placebo. And uh, I remember in his book, he talked about, on average, placebo works about a third of the time. And in this little YouTube clip, he talked about placebo, that the range of how well placebo works goes down to a minimum of about 10%, all the way up to 100%. Now, 
talk you know when you're talking about placebo effect and if you don't have that understanding you know in your own mind you may be like oh well placebo it's like it it works for a few people the reality is <laughs> it can work for everybody at least it'll work for everybody that has a belief that the placebo they're taking is the absolute best strongest evidence support evidence based you know purest technology created and all this kind of thing and you know the the stronger the belief behind it the the higher those numbers go as far as how effective it is so you know the when we talk about the physical stuff when there's confusion about diet when one day butter is bad for you and you know the next year or the next week, you know, oh, no, butter is actually good for you. And you're like, well, which is it? Is butter bad for me or is it good for me? Um, and, you know, on and on. Pick your nutrient, pick your food, and you can pretty much find someone telling you that it's bad for you. So in a state of confusion, you're like, well, I'm just going to eat what I what I like because you know all the experts can't decide what what the reality is. But when you look at people who have been successful at maintaining a healthy weight, it it's really not that hard to figure out you know what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, going back to you know the healthiest people in the world and that have been described as, you know, the areas where they live are described as blue zones. You know, my favorite uh, blue zone is the the island of Okinawa. And, you know, one of the primary distinctive uh, characteristics of their their diet is they eat, you know, what's considered to be a dangerous amount of, you know, brown seaweeds that are you know the highest in iodine of any food that you can eat but when mainstream science you know in, in you know my experiences here in America so i will stick to that's always going to be my reference point you know the 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 accepted belief about what's a safe amount of iodine in this country is considered to be a maximum of 600 micrograms and the Okinawan diet is said to be about 200,000 so let's see since I'm bad at math let's plug it into the calculator 200,000 divided by 600 is 333 and a third times more iodine in the longest lived healthiest people in the world compared to the, the quote unquote safe upper limit that, it, that any respected endocrinologist in this country will tell you never to go beyond 600 and preferably, you know, want you to stick around the recommended daily intake, you know, which is, about 25% of that borderline number. 
and this, as I've talked to in previous shows, is it's just so huge. It's one of one of the things that's been talked about in the books that I've read about iodine is that iodine increases the sensitivity um, of your uh, hormone receptors on the cell membrane, the cell wall. So, for example, they found that increased levels of iodine in the you know, the fluid between the cells um, improves the how well the thyroid hormones work inside the cell. So, when we're in a country that, aside from the people who live on the coastline and get a fair amount of iodine just from breathing sea air. Um, and the, the highest concentration of iodine in sea air is at low tide when, you know, when the, the seaweed's laying on the rocks and being um, dried, up on, dried up in the hot sun. And that iodine is released from the seaweed into the ocean air. So aside from the people living next to uh, a seaweed-infested coastline. <laughs> um, you know, most most Americans get their iodine from salt. So uh, how many people are afraid of salt in this country? I think that number is quite large. And then to make matters worse, what I've found, you know, in the holistic world, you know, the natural medicine or natural healing um, world, people want to do a more natural salt. They don't want to eat refined white salt, which is where most Americans get their iodine from. So health, healthier people who don't live near a coast are actually more at risk for um, all the problems associated with an, an iodine deficiency, which basically is a reduction in how much energy your body is able to generate for you. So you reduce your salt intake which reduces your iodine intake, which makes your metabolism slow down. And, you know, one of the most common ticks for, for losing weight is, well, you just reduce your calorie intake. So then you've got a metabolism that's running at, let's just say, 50% efficiency. And it's struggling to get by <laughs> on, you know, the calories that you were eating before you went on a diet. And now it has even less. So what does the body do? <laughs> it uh yeah, the it's effectively it's really already in a starvation mode. Um, because of the the efficiency of your metabolism is low, and then you reduce your calorie intake, 
and it just goes deeper into starvation mode. So you're like, well, crap, well, how do we get out of this? <laughs> how do you get out of this problem? And, uh, of course, ob- one obvious thing m- that may be popping into your brain is, well, maybe I should get more iodine in my diet. And I would 100% agree with that. And the other key thing that I learned when I was uh, working with Albert Snow, Skip Snow at the Holistic Health Center of Bendway, was how to analyze the trace element analysis of usually a hair sample, but sometimes um, using nail clippings was done, but primarily they recommend that nail clippings or and as well as uh, pubic hair be reserved just for confirming uh, heavy metal, uh, high levels of heavy metal in a a hair, you know, scalp hair sample. And, you know, hair trace mineral analysis um, has been around for, I think, 30 years now. And, um, and in my, you know, people have written books about it and I've, I've read a, a couple of them and I've of course used it on my, to, to fine tune my own metabolism and, you know, the, all the clients that I've worked with in that seven year stretch. And I found it to be fantastic. And, um, when we look at a lab report of the elements found in a hair sample, the the amount of calcium compared to the amount of magnesium is often referred to as the sugar tolerance ratio. So let's grab my little notebook from when I was going through the two primary books about it. One was, was basically, there are two main labs that are known to, you know, that are respected for doing this lab work accurately. Um, Trace Elements, Inc., and I think it's Advanced Research Labs. So the uh, calcium-magnesium ratio um, Generally, uh, people tend to be much higher in calcium intake than they are magnesium. So, you know, the the way that calcium works, as far as uh, it, it, the more you ha- more calcium you have in your diet, the slower your metabolism your metabolism is going to going to work for you. So it's calcium is a is a break. It's going to slow it down. And one of the things that's happening here in America is you know a, a huge uh, love affair with dairy. 
milk, ice cream, cheese. You know, they are a huge part of, uh, of our comfort food. And I'm right there with you. Like, not now. And I've been vegan for, for years now. But, uh, you know, what people would ask me, friends, family, like, well, what's your favorite food, Scott? And I'd be like, hands down, it's pizza. Absolutely. And then, you know, high up there would be like popcorn covered in cheddar cheese. <laughs> and reminds me of uh, the, the uh, character Cartman in uh, the animated series South Park and his cheesy poofs. And, of course, who's the fattest kid on, on South Park? Cartman. <laughs> so, um, you know, one way to to address this issue is to, you know, increase your magnesium. And that will improve your body's ability to, uh, to have a, a stronger, faster metabolism that is able to give you more bang for the buck. And, you know, ultimately... You know, aside from just using emotions to distract you from uncomfortable feelings, you know, the only way you, you fix that is you heal the you know the the pain there. You have to uh, go through that emotional process, and of course, when you do that, you'll change your perception. You'll change what what truths make sense to you, you'll make different choices, which will impact, you know, the physicality of, you know, this sugar tolerance ratio. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, hang on to your, your preference for dairy foods for a longer amount of time. I think, you know, eventually anybody who, cares for the environment um, and for the animals um, will do their best to reduce and, 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 and then eventually eliminate dairy from, from, their, from their plate or from their milk glasses and go over to a, a more healthy, su- sustainable uh, option like oat milk or and as far as I can tell, that's probably the best. Ben and Jerry's, my favorite uh, ice cream, has come out with they, you know, they did test testing and found that almond milk was the best dairy milk substitute out there. But I've read some stuff about the, uh, you know, the concerns about the almond industry. It's very water intensive and this and that. But anyway, um, of course, when you, if you're going to hack this sugar tolerance ratio, you know, ideally you reduce your calcium containing foods and you increase your magnesium containing foods. But having been in the, the supplement selling business for for so many years, like I was very happy to say, well, you know, 
You don't have to change your lifestyle. Just take some magnesium. And uh, the rule of thumb that I always describe to people is that magnesium, it's going to help hold water in your large intestine, which will make uh, your, your bowel movements softer. And, um, of course, I would also say that, you know, if you don't want to eat higher fiber foods, then, you know, take a fiber powder once or twice a day or three times a day. Um, and the combination between, you know, drinking a, a more appropriate amount of water, having more fiber in your diet, and increasing your magnesium is like, you will have absolutely no problems with being regular. Um, so there's, as far as supplements go, you know, I think magnesium citrate and magnesium glycinate are two of my favorites. There's, there's so many. <laughs> um, and you know if you if you go that route, you know just do a Google search and say you know what which are the best absorbed forms of magnesium, and uh, you'll find some good articles out there, and they will show you. And you know the one of the reasons why I quit doing uh, consultations as a naturopath was that it was, I just kind of felt like, I don't know, a, a, an unnecessary middleman that, you know, the, the basics of how, how this all works is something you can learn in two hours. And then once you know, like, you're able to search so much more effectively when you get on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or what, whatever search engine's your favorite. And, um, you know, that's really the road of, you know, teaching people how to fish instead of giving them fish. And um, that's really what, you know, my whole purpose here on this show is to help get you to the point where, you know, you really don't need to learn anything from me. You just, you know, would come in and share your learning journey with others so other people can be encouraged to follow down the same simple road of how health is constructed. Uh, where are we now? Almost 45 minutes in. Um, I'm feeling the need to get myself a glass of water, take a little walk around, poke my head outside, and I will be back at the end of this song by Allison David, Through the Rain. Dream of is nothing if I can't share it with you. I could save you from your fears, whisk them all away. 
I'd make any sacrifice necessary I don't want to see you suffer something deep inside I want to shine the light of hope into your darkest night Though my candle's burning, it's up to you to see Darling, only you can set yourself free
All right, I'm back. So, aside from the the amount of calcium and magnesium in your diet, and of course the amount of iodine in your diet, a major problem for people that struggle with with losing weight is something that the body does to to protect your your vital organs and your cells at large is that the body will store away toxic elements like lead, cadmium, mercury, and put those the farthest away it can get, which is close to your skin and your in the fat cells of your body. So a big struggle that the body has to to manage is when when you start using using the you know the fat cells in your body to to make up for um, the re, the reduction in calories that is you know so so common for for dieting and ultimately essential because if you don't eat less calories than you need to you know to fulfill all your body's energy needs the body's going to have no no reason to go to the fat cells so you know the extra fat that we have is is a it's a buffer um for you know for times when we don't have enough food to eat which pretty commonsensical thing um and that's you know why you know what, what I remember reading one of the things about female athletes. I think I, f- I forget exactly what the percentage body fat was. I I think it was like a bit just under ten percent. Maybe it was uh, it was right around the ten percent number. Maybe it was as high as you know fifteen percent. I. Th- I don't, I don't believe it was more than that. But anyway, that if if women's body fat gets too low, that their menstrual cycles will stop. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, the only reason why you'd want to have super low body fat is if you wanted to, you know, be a, a model, you know, or you know, if you were a bodybuilder, or as I was, I was watching an interview with um, Hugh Jackman the other day. Uh, one of the tricks they use in Hollywood is they put you on this kind of yo-yo uh, water uh, protocol, and uh, to basically, you know, put the actors into uh, into dehydration so their muscle definition is much greater and he was like yeah it looks great but like you're trying to act with the splitting headache and you know don't do this at home type of a thing (laughs) you know if you're not being paid millions of dollars then probably not worth it but anyway, the uh, you know the 
you will struggle to to lose body fat if you're loaded up with heavy metals. And probably the most pervasive uh, way that our bodies become heavy metal toxic is with so-called silver amalgam fillings, which still to this day is the most commonly used filling for for cavities used by dentists. What you may or may not know, um, and I know quite a few people who are aware that there's mercury in their silver amalgam, um, but they believe, you know, as the dentists who still use it, that, you know, it's not a health concern. Well, from what I've read and, and from my personal experience working with people who have high levels of mercury in their scalp hair samples, it's a huge problem for for maintaining a healthy weight. To you know, it, it you know sim- simply said, like as you might expect, the cleaner your body is, the better it's going to work. Well, mercury is known to be the most poisonous substance known to man short of radioactive elements. So when I, when I learned this, I, um, I was working at Holistic Health Center. I had probably a dozen different silver amalgam teeth, filled teeth in my mouth. And I, you know, found a, a dentist. Actually, my mom had seen him and he had taken her silver amalgams out and replaced them with with composites. And um, so I went and saw him and, you know, his, his approach was, you know, it's, you know, obviously you're not dead and you've had these things in your mouth since you were a teenager. So what, what he recommended was to just replace the silver amalgams as they were getting old. So over the course of, I think it was like two or three years, I had replaced all of my uh, silver amalgams with composite fillings. And it has a side benefit of you don't, when you open your mouth to smile or what have you, um, you don't have a bunch of metal, um, reflecting out of your face you have nice a a more aesthetic you know just white teeth so nowadays I know quite a bit more than I did then and you know I, I still agree with with what my dentist at that time did was, you know, just to replace them as they got old. Um, but I, I do think there's a place for doing it, it more aggressively um, because there, because of genetic differences, there are some people who, 
um, are just more sensitive. And, um, you know, when you're hypersensitive, you know, it's, it's a, just simply a, a much bigger problem for, for you, you know, due to, you know, the, what I believe it's just whatever the genetics you've inherited, it make it harder for your body to, to neutralize and eliminate, you know, escort out of your body, these uh, toxic elements. So, you know, that's in that kind of a situation, it becomes crucial to work with a, a mercury free dental office who is using the most sophisticated protection methods that there are. And last night I had a, a two hour conversation with uh, an old friend of mine. Um, and uh, he's a landscaper during the, the good weather. And in the winter time, he just spends his day on a, you know, he'll pick a research topic and just dive into it. And, um, He uh, was sharing. Oh, actually, I am mixing conversations. This was actually, I I talked about really many cool things with with my friend Jack, but the dentist wasn't one of them. That was actually with um, my chiropractor's husband Joe, who uh, from time to time will fill in as office manager, and he was telling me about his dentist who basically has a mask type of device put on the person who's having mercury fillings removed that is constantly sucking, um, you know, the debris as the fillings drilled out. Um, so it's not inhaled by anyone, including, of course, the patient, the dentist, dental hygienist. Um, so, you know, finding a, a a dentist who treats mercury with the proper respect is a is a pretty big deal in um, just in general. But if you are, you know, known to be chemically sensitive, um, it becomes a huge deal. So you know, most people can get away. I think, you know, not too much the worse for wear by not having you know, the, the best, um, technology in place to, you know, get all that, all those pieces of old silver amalgam safely, uh, away from everybody's lungs. Um, but, um, you know, if there's someone nearby, then, uh, that does it just the kind of the old older school way and you you're not chemically sensitive i i'd say it's much better to you know get them out that way than to you know not have it done because you don't want to drive you know 2 3 hours or more or fly across the country to to find somebody who does but if you are super sensitive i, I I would go, you know, for the for the full treatment, you know, to have the very best um, 
um, procedures being uh, in place while you're having that done because it can do a number on you um, to the point where, you know, you'll have to make up your own mind. But if it was, if it was me personally and I knew I was highly sensitive and I lived, you know, hours from the nearest dentist who, you know, basically they have to suit up like they're in a clean room. Um, uh, I'd wait until I could had enough money saved up and had enough vacation time that I could go do it the right way. And, you know, the, the good news is when you do have less of a heavy metal toxic load in your body, it's going to be so, so much easier for your body to, to burn those fat cells because they're not going to be loaded up with all the stuff that your body's trying to protect you from. Um, what else can we talk about? Ah, selenium. So one of the things that come back on the lab report is the relationships between, you know, the toxic metals, protective, you know, the toxic elements and the protective elements. And one of those protective elements is selenium. If you've been following along um, with the with the show, you'll know that uh, selenium is needed to convert the most active um, hormone from the most active thyroid hormone from the most uh, popular popular the you know the primary the the, the T4 hormone from the thyroid, which is you know, it's the raw material for the for the active form, and it probably does other things that I don't know about. But um, you know, your liver is is the the place where most of that conversion from T4 to T3 is done, and it needs selenium to do that conversion. The enzyme that that does the uh, the chopping process uh, has selenium in it. Well, selenium, like magnesium, is huge uh, for helping your 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 liver have the resources it needs to to clean up your body. So when you when you're in a situation where you have lots of heavy metal exposure, your body is going to be using up selenium and magnesium at a faster rate. So you need you know. If you have silver amalgams in your mouth, then I highly recommend that you, you know, supplement with with selenium. So your body will have enough to make that conversion of the T4 into into the T3. And then, you know, aside from the you know the 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 excess calcium in in diets preventing you from having a healthy metabolism to you know the 
not having enough iodine and not having enough selenium so you can have enough of that active thyroid hormone driving your metabolism is the issue of fats, fats and oils. So the hormone receptors are primarily, well, I believe it's primarily on your cell membrane. Maybe there's science showing that there's, you know, even more inside the cell. But uh, as far as I know, the majority of your cell membranes, and as far as the conversation goes of getting sugars into the cell, you know, of course, that hormone receptor is on the cell membrane. Well, those hormone receptors can get clogged with unhealthy fats. You know, the most talked about probably are the are the trans fats. So if your diet is high in trans fats, but your calcium and magnesium intake is really well balanced and you've got a good amount of iodine in your body and you've got a good amount of selenium, so you know, you're making plenty of thyroid hormone. The, you know, it, your liver is converting plenty of it into the active T3 form. Um, you know, calcium isn't slowing down the the metabolism by getting in the way and reducing hormone sensitivity. You can still be unable to lose weight easily because you're just eating way, way too much trans fat. Um, and ultimately the, the hormone receptors, if I remember correctly from uh, a book by Dr. Blaylock, um, those hormone receptors are made from a specific subtype of omega-3 called DHA. Which, of course, to get from the omega-3 in your diet to be, you know, has to go through a transformation into DHA unless you're eating, you know, taking a DHA supplement or you're eating, uh, you know, eating fish, which is something that vegans don't do. Um, having healthy hormone receptors is going to be an another big roadblock for you. So, you know, you can, if you're a vegan, you know, there are ultimately the, the place where the fish get their DHA are from algae. The fish, you know, the algae makes the DHA, the fish eat the algae, we eat the fish. So we've got, um, the fish are the middleman in the, in the scenario and, you can go directly to to the source. Of course, don't know a whole lot of places, if any, where you can, you know, any gro- I don't know of any grocery stores where you can just walk down the aisle and pick yourself up some algae that's high in DHA, but who knows? Maybe that's out there somewhere at this point. But, you know, I like to think about... Um, 
taking nutritional supplements as a way to counteract the the huge amount of pollution in, in our environment. Um, and that, you know, once you have, you know, achieved enough of a, a healthy momentum, a healing momentum, you know, you, you can start to, you know, transition away from using these, you know, very handy um, food supplements and make it just makes it so much easier to, you know, to move your body towards, you know, having the resources, you know, consistently available because, you know, having, having a healthy diet consistently, it's, it's pretty tough. Like I, I've never, never really uh, had, had an issue with weight. You know, I've, over the years, you know, I've pretty much been within 10 pounds of, of 200. And for a guy, 10 pounds, you know, especially at 200 pounds is 10 pounds is nothing. Of course, for, for women, I've, <laughs> I've dated and married over the years. 10 pounds is a huge deal for most women. But anyway, um, yeah, diet's tough. Supplements, way, way easier. Um, so I, I look at, at supplements as, as like training wheels on a, on a bicycle. Um, you use them until you don't need to. And, you know, if you use them for the rest of your life and you, you know, are able to avoid all the chronic diseases, you know, how horrible is that? Like, I don't... I think when you compare it to the alternative, it's it's the way to go. But ultimately, you know, is to, well, maybe not ultimately, but the next step up is to get your body clean enough that it doesn't need a whole lot of extra nutritional support. And you can just easily get that through, you know, a, a diet that... Uh, I mean, one of the beautiful things I've learned about about diet is that you can have practically every nutrient you need. The only exception I know of is B12 um, from potatoes alone. Even if you're a woman and you need, you know, the iron, you can get all the iron you need from a potato-only diet. Um so it's like, well, shit, I'd rather die than just eat potatoes for the rest of my life. And it's like, well, that's a choice. <laughs> of course, the other thing is that, you know, the thing that really makes food enjoyable are the spices. You know, the, th the thing that really makes you love a steak, you know, it's the, the, the coals that you're cooking over or the marinade that you soaked it in or the spices that you pound into it, you know, meat that hasn't been flavored with spices. I don't know. Maybe there are some people out there that, you know, the, the texture of it just can't be beaten there in their opinion. But when you look at what's happening with the, the faux, you know, the, the fake meats out there, 
and you know how close they are. Like most people, when they do these taste tests with these different uh, plant-based burgers, most people can't tell the difference. So if texture is your thing, well, that excuse is out the window. <laughs> um, it's really, you know, to me, avoiding, you know, animal animal meats um, and, and dairy is, to me, it's just one of the biggest tragedies out there because two-thirds of the world's population are genetically lactose intolerant. And yet it remains on our food pyramid. Um, no racism in our government. Not. Um, so let's see. Well, that was a shorty. That was, what, half an hour of talking? Well, I am going to... Well, I'm going to play a track, another Allison David track, and uh, see if anything pops up. But um, at the moment, I'm drawing a blank on what else to talk about for weight loss. Uh, So I will be back with you in five minutes or so. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. You feel lost inside, but you just don't know why. It's asking people to help you find what it is that you just can't find. And you try so hard to fit in, you don't know why you need to. You feel like everything is wrong when the people see you And you can't realize that the thing that you have is already there And the people you try to impress, they know who you are and they don't care Because they can see the light that shines from inside of you And all you have to do is be yourself and that's all you have to do Why you can't 
Well, I'm back, and the thought that occurred to me as I was taking a walk about the house is, you know, the the relationship between our the, the food that we eat and how happy we are. And I don't think I've ever met anybody who didn't have a comfort food, you know, that just brings back, you know, memories of when life was good as a child. And um, in, in, from my own life, you know, the two big comfort foods was, and kind of to a degree still are, uh, ice cream, pizza, and popcorn. And popcorn's kind of an odd one, but I'll save that one for last. But the only time that we had pizza and to some degree ice cream, especially going out for ice cream, was when, you know, my mom was doing well financially. She'd had enough hours in the week and the bills had been low enough that, you know, felt that we could splurge. And um, you, you combine that with the deliciousness of sugar and ice cream and, the you know, those delicious fats that are in cheese. And um, it's not hard to understand why pizza and ice cream had become my, my comfort foods. Um, popcorn's a little bit of an outlier because, well... It did have butter on it, <laughs> which um, definitely falls into comfort area. But usually, you know, some of the memories I have about popcorn are when we didn't have enough money for a meal. And we had popcorn kernels and not much else, so we would have popcorn for dinner. Um but then I have fond memories of that, of, you know, being curled up on the couch with my my family and, uh, you know, watching TV or watching a movie on TV and eating popcorn. So even though, you know, we were poor and didn't have enough money to buy an, an actual balanced meal, we, uh, we had each other. And uh, that made popcorn added to my list. But the you know the thought that I had while I was uh, taking a break was the there's been a lot written about the uh, how closely tied our um, our happiness is to to the state of our of our guts you know and one of the primary things that determines whether we're going to have healthy guts and healthy digestion is the diet we eat. And is it a, is it a plant-based diet, which is just naturally, you know, whole foods, whole plants are naturally high in fiber. So aside from all the, all the marvelous things that all the different nutrients that are in, in plants, which is ultimately where the animals are getting all their nutrients, um, 
So, you know, we cut out the middlemen, get the nutrients direct from the plants. And if we're eating whole plants, we're getting the fiber that comes along with it. And you can't have a healthy gut without having healthy bacteria. And what healthy bacteria need, by and large anyway, is fiber. So if you want to be making lots of happy hormones like serotonin, uh, you need to have a healthy level of bacteria, which means you have to have a healthy level of fiber. So, you know, I've, when I started out, I, um, you know, did the 25 day vegan cleanse. And not only was it a vegan cleanse based on, you know, all plant foods that had fiber in them, but on top of that, we're taking, uh, you know, a, I forget the, how much it was like, uh, I want to say a cup. That seems like a lot. Maybe it was a half a cup of fiber powder, which was half uh, slippery elm, which is a very soothing uh, mucilage, as it's called. Um, and then oat bran, rolled oats. Not oat bran, but rolled oats. And doing that twice a day, on top of all the fiber I was getting you know, from the diet that Dr. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Rick, well, he was not a doctor. He was a construction worker that got run over by a truck and had to figure out how to heal himself. Anyway, um, yeah, you're, you're going to struggle with being happy until you're eating at least getting, you know, a large amount of fiber in your diet. And I think the, the numbers for the standard American diet are about half of what's considered healthy, um, which makes you wonder, like, how many antidepressants, you know, how many billions of dollars do we spend on antidepressants because we ref- we refuse to eat a healthy diet? And ultimately, the the work of Dr. Greger, who who's made it his life mission to educate people about nutrition at his website, nutritionfacts.org. And he wrote a book called How Not to Die. And I think he's on his third book now, How Not to to Diet, I think, is the most recent one, which is, of course, very appropriate for the topic of the day. Um, You know, my main dispute with Dr. Greger is that he seems to have this blind spot about the safety of, you know, quote unquote, high amounts of iodine. But, um, you know, he, he makes an extremely convincing argument that if you eat a well-balanced vegan diet, the chances of you getting any degenerative, you know, chronic disease is hugely reduced and ultimately if you have say you know he talks a lot about heart disease like if you have heart disease the only way 
that you can reverse that and be and become a person without heart disease that's been proven by science is a vegan diet, a low-fat vegan diet. Basically, no added oils. Um, and, you know, one of the things, other things that are kind of thrown into the mix by some of the research that's been done about this is um, adding in meditation, which I briefly talked about earlier today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, eating comfort foods because you're not happy, if they're low-fiber comfort foods... It's like you're basically, you're feeling comfortable as you dig your grave. Or, I don't know, it's the other gruesome uh, image that came up in my head is like digging a grave in the cold cold of winter as someone points a gun at you <laughs> and they're nice enough to you that they give you like a long underwear and a you know, winter jacket to wear while you dig the grave that they're going to bury you in. Um, yeah, that's basically what we do to ourselves with most of the comfort foods that uh, uh, pervade our, our, our world. But the, the one shining uh, exception to the rule is potatoes. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Dr. McDougall, um, probably out of all the medical doctors out there, um, he's my favorite. Um, he wrote a book called The Starch Solution. And you know, he's done all kinds of you know, seminars and workshops, and he continues to do them. And uh, you know, he's on his own YouTube channel and many other YouTube channels of, you know, he's been interviewed so many times and, uh, you know, done presentations at so many different locations that you'll find, you know, YouTube videos of him all over the place. And my favorite, uh, Hmm. There's a guy from Australia who had come across Dr. McDougall's work and one of the presentations that I that I've watched, he also mentioned this little bit of trivia about there's a research study with I think it was just two athletes, which is a you know, super tiny uh research, uh, I don't know the research words, but, you know, as far as the number of people involved, generally the, the more, the better, like, you know, if, if you really want to convince people, then you better have at least 10,000, if not a hundred thousand people that were studied. And this was just with two, um, two athletes who ate nothing but potatoes. I think they had they were allowed to put salt and pepper on their food or something. But um, anyway, there's a guy in Australia who has a YouTube channel. I think it's Spud Fit. I should actually just go there. It's probably spudfit.com. 
It is spudfit.com. And um, this guy, he uh, was, I forget how many kilos overweight. He lost a, you know, more than most women weigh. Um, I think it was 70 kilograms or something. It's like 140 pounds. Anyway, you can read all about his story on spudfit.com and the links for his Facebook and Instagram and YouTube are all there on his homepage. Um, and, you know, he came to the realization that he was addicted to food and, you know, trying to live without food, uh, kind of like one of those do not try this at home type of a thing. Like I believe it's, it's possible, but, you know, not probable to go well for 99% of the people who try it. Um, but anyway, he was like, well, if I can't quit food, like an alcoholic would quit alcohol, you know, what's the next best thing? And he, in somewhere in there, he came across Dr. McDougall talking about how potatoes were a complete food. So, uh, I highly recommend anybody who wants to overcome their food addiction to check out spudfit.com and uh, take a look at what Andrew has done. And uh, he's uh, he's a great guy, has a great sense of humor. Um, as I, you know, I've been talking about in the show. Um, you don't have to change your lifestyle to to be more successful at losing weight. You know, you you have to address the physical reasons that are slowing down your metabolism, and that comes down to unhealthy fats, too much calcium in your diet, not enough iodine, uh, toxic metals that are you know, probably making your selenium deficiency just worse because I don't remember the numbers for the the national survey on where selenium was, but, um, you know, as pervasive as silver amalgam fillings are um, in cigarette smoking um, and, of course, all the pesticides and herbicides that are used in conventional farming you know chances are you're 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 not you're you do not have enough selenium to uh, have a strong metabolism and uh, to tie all this back together to current events you need energy to run your immune system so even if you have um, come to a you know kind of my side of the table and understanding that, you know, germs really aren't important. It's really the condition of your body that determines whether you're going to quote unquote, get sick or not. Um, So even if you, you know, your fear level is, is low. The, uh, you know the, the these physical necessities still are going to exist. Um, so if you don't deal with 
kind of the, the two biggies. I mean, the, I like to refer to the mind as the monkey in the middle. There's a, brings back fond memories of my younger, youngest nephew. And he wanted to play this game with me. He's like, let's play monkey in the, in the middle with, with Louisa. She's going to be the monkey in the middle and we're going to keep the ball away from her. (laughs) So, um, you know, the mind is kind of in between, you know, the physical realities and the emotional realities. Um, so if if you deal with the emotional stuff and you deal with the physical stuff, you know the mental stuff will take care of itself. Um, and then you know it'll be all as they say it'll be all downhill from there. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I um, I think I am tapped out as they say as far as. What else I can say on this subject? I mean, ultimately, there's there's an endless amount, but um, there's only so much that's going to show up at a time without feeding my brain with uh, other people's perspectives or questions or you know, surfing the web while I'm doing the show, which, I don't know, for some reason doesn't appeal to me. But uh, I'm going to put this show on mute and I will, uh, of course, as always, if I think of something really cool, I'll come back to the mic and uh, add that to the show. And I, and I, uh, I think it's so very logical of Blog Talk Radio to delete, you know, dead time from the from the podcast or the you know the archive version of the show um so i will at the very minimum come back or try to come back in time to play my favorite uh end of the show music from allison david um if you call into the show or even if you you know get into the uh the chat room and you know you want to chat and don't want to talk, but I'm not around, not responsive. Then send me a text five zero eight two zero seven eight one two nine. And regarding that, like I had to like, huh? Well, people tend to seem to be like super concerned about like being, you know their privacy basically. And, um, I don't know. I, I really don't give two shits about privacy. You know, I'm sure that that is not true a hundred percent, but in general, like I, I, I was in the military for, for almost a decade. I was, you know, in the high tech satellite communication, uh, the signal corps in the army. My last duty station was at Fort Meade, Maryland, which is the home of the national security agency. I knew from, you know, the, the grapevine of, you know, the people I worked with who had people, you know, people they knew working inside of NSA headquarters that, 
NSA was watching every single telephone call in the world. They may not have a human being listening to it, but keywords are being extracted. And, you know, if you, if you uh, said the wrong or a word on a flag list, then a human being would take a look at it at some point. So for me, you know, privacy hasn't existed um, for a long, long time. And that reality for me that I, I, I was stationed at Fort Meade from, uh, 1990, was it 89, through uh, the end of the first Iraqi war, which I got out in September of 91. Um, So say 1990. So the fact that privacy does not exist as far as telephone calls are, are concerned has been a reality for me for 30 years. So, you know, I give out my, uh, my Google, Google voice number with absolutely no reservations at all. Like um, I, I use it everywhere. I, I have a Google voice number for my home phone um, and that goes directly to voicemail 100% of the time. So I happily give that out to anybody who wants to know my home phone. Like, Oh yeah, sure. Here you go. <laughs> that phone does not ring. Um but I was like, well, if people are going to be texting in, like maybe they have their own Google voice number that they use kind of as a shield between their personal cell and, um, and the rest of the world, like I do. Um, but if they don't, there's a high likelihood that they're not going to be comfortable, you know, revealing their personal cell phone numbers and, and uh, sending Scott a text to come back to the microphone. So I was like, well, there's not a whole lot I can do for you for that. Um, Because if if I'm not engaged in conversation or have, you know, have a topic that I'm, I want to talk about without having a conversation, I'm not going to sit here and stare at the screen for, you know, more than five minutes before I'm going to be, you know, popping over to other browser windows and totally forgetting that I have a radio show going. <laughs> um, so the only suggestion I can have if if you're concerned about privacy, one, I'm never going to um, do, you know, I'm never going to reply to you on your, on your text. I'm never going to call you. Um, the only thing I'm going to do is go, oh, someone's in the chat room or, oh, someone's connected to the switchboard that wants to talk to me. Cool. Uh, I'm a very, uh, <laughs> well, I, I have been, I guess, an extremely uh, private hermit-like person my whole life. And I highly, highly respect my my downtime, my my me time. Um, and because I respect my own time so much and being, having the freedom of being undisturbed, especially, you know, by putting phones into, uh, um, you know, do not disturb mode. Um, I highly respect your, um, your own ability to, to not be disturbed. So like the last thing I want to do 
is uh, make you know make you unhappy with me. <laughs> I, I want you guys to be happy, curious, and uh, I'm never gonna you know use your 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 cell phone number that you send me a text on or call me on and leave me a. a a voicemail so I can transcribe it because you'd rather not type. <laughs> um, of course, the other is some so frequently is people um, out there trying to, you know, make money by selling contact information. Like, yeah, I'm sure I could find people who I could sell your info to like, but I'm not in a financial pinch. And, uh, even if I was, I would rather go work in a, in a warehouse again or, you know, flip burgers at McDonald's than to violate someone's, you know, zone of silence or at least potential zone of silence. Um, but that said, you know, if uh, if you like the idea of having a buffer that in between you and a ringing or beeping phone. Um, get yourself a Google voice number. Last I checked, they were free. Um, I guess, you know, you could find out as easily as I can if they're still free or not. But uh, I highly recommend them, even if you never ever use it to send some person you've never met before a text to say that you, you know, would like to be part of the conversation, but can't do that because he's saying the only way to reach him is by sending him a text. So that's just a cost. I guess I'm willing to put up with that. Uh, if I keep on, keep on doing this show consistently every day, eventually I'm going to find my tribe and, um, I'm willing to do as many hours as it takes. I've I've dedicated the the next year of my life to doing this show 3 hours 7 days a week. So the only thing that I'm using to uh make it more pleasant <laughs> is to not have me try and think of uh things to say to entertain you or just to fill uh fill fill the hour up with um, I'm just going to mute out the mic and hope that uh, it catches on to the point where, you know, asking people to text me to come back for the mic is just never going to happen because I'm going to have a switchboard full of people who are waiting patiently to get, you know, to join the live stream. So... It is what it is. Maybe at some point I will uh, change my strategy and just have a whole lot of talking talking points on a piece of paper to go through and um, you know, a bunch of browser tabs open to different articles that I can you know talk about and give my two cents in whether I think it's well written or not or what they missed or yeah the whole reason I started this show is is because I want to have one-on-one conversations so I can have 
um, so that I know that what I'm doing is useful to at least one person. And then, you know, one of the things that I, I uh, hear repeated often enough by going to seminars and workshops is that if one person is asking, chances are there's at least a dozen people in the audience that had the same question, but they didn't feel strong enough, safe enough to put their hand up and ask the question themselves. So, uh, from, from here on out to the end of the show, I am expecting to enjoy a walk around the block. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to go take a walk and, um, We'll see if I uh, I got an hour and 12 minutes. Yeah, good chance I'll be back before the end of end of the three hours and I can uh, be here in my office to end the show out. But one of the things I love about Internet technology is that I can actually queue up the end of the show music from my cell phone. <laughs> All right, people. I will catch y'all later. And then again, if if uh, if you're not worried about how I, what I may do with your private cell phone number, if you send me a text to come back to the mic, just send me a text and I'll come come right back to the show. But for now, I'm gonna play another track. Then I'm gonna mute out the mic, and I will be. Talking to you later. There's a baby who's crying While her mother is lying In her own little world Far away And the pain of rejection Builds the need for affection too crowded for loving to stay And all that we're wishing for Is to not hurt anymore And that help is somewhere a long way It's on the way It's on the way It's on the way There's a child who is fighting Because reality's frightening Their defense just becomes their attack And their parent is leaving But it's themselves they're deceiving If they think they can make them come back And all the we is to not hurt anymore And that help is somewhere along 
Because reality's frightening Their defense just becomes their attack And their parent is leaving But it's themselves they're deceiving They think they can make them come back And all that we're wishing for to not hurt anymore And that help Is somewhere along the way On the way It's on the way It's on the way Oh, it's on the way It's on the way But now it's time 
Started on the road We've been traveling on Wanted to achieve our dreams And not be wrong So we crept into the dark To come out into the light To realize our fantasies Turned into realities And prove the dreaming can't be
Well, I'm back for the uh, last minute of the show. I was actually uh, looking at uh, Andrew Taylor's book, The Do-It-Yourself Spud Fit Challenge. And um, it wasn't 70 kilograms he lost. Uh, On the back cover of his book, he says uh, he lost 110 pounds or 50 kilograms in eight months. And uh, when I searched around on the internet, he lost a little bit more after that, but that was the bulk of his, his weight loss, eating as many potatoes as he wanted at any time of the day. So you never have to go hungry. You can have good nutrition. And as his blood work showed as that he had done quarterly, his, his uh, numbers just kept on getting better and better. Um, so Holly, I encourage you to check out spudfit.com and uh, consider doing the SpudFit Challenge. That is all for today. I will be back tomorrow at noon.